Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hillcrest Baptist Church. How many of you are glad and excited to be in God's house this morning? Amen, I am. It's good to see all of you out here this morning. I got a full choir loft this morning that I'm pretty excited about it as well. But I want to know how many of you came for Sunday school this morning? How many of you came for Sunday school? I don't know whether we met our goal or not, but we ought to have. Amen. If you ain't in Sunday school, you need to get in Sunday school. We got a class for you. I don't care how little you is or how big you is. We got a class for you. It starts at 9.15 every Sunday morning, but it's good to see y'all here. If you are here and you are a very first-time visitor at Hillcrest Baptist Church, or maybe you've just not been here in a while, we would appreciate it if you would fill out a visitor's card that can be found in the back of every single one of these pews. Look right in front of you. If you are in the first pew, you can look behind you, and it'll be in that one, all right? So please fill out a visitor's card. You can drop it in the offering plate. Either way, uh, if you don't have time to fill it out during the service, you can fill it out at the end of the service, or if you're a visitor, go to our welcome room, which is just right across from our bookstore, which is right through either one of these side doors in, the, in my left side of the sanctuary. There'll be somebody in there to greet you, answer any questions that you might have, and we also have a special gift just for you, but I'm looking forward to the service this morning. I'm looking forward to hearing Dr. Rock Collins preach here in a little while, but before we do all that, let's stand and sing praises to the one who's worthy of our praises today. Amen? See y'all help me sing this morning. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. A sing praise, a sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched star, His love been reborn. His love endures forever. A sing praise, a sing praise, a sing praise, a sing praise. And forever God is faithful. The setting sun, his love endures forever, and by the grace of God, we will carry on. His love endures forever. Come on now and sing praise, a sing praise, a sing praise, a sing. Oh, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. 
this morning. Church, it's good to see you this morning as we come to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I hope you come expecting. I said, I hope you come expecting. And God is willing to show Himself, but we have to put ourselves into position for Him to do that. So, we're glad that uh, we are, have, um, I think, one of a, our greatest preachers that we have. Uh, he, can, he can preach. Dr. Rock Collins is going to be with us today, and I'm excited about him being uh, with us. But uh, also, he brought his son, Ro, uh, and uh, he's sitting here uh, with his dad, and so you be sure to welcome him as well. His wife was not able to come because she has responsibilities at the church uh, that they're members of, and so she's there uh, doing what uh, she's supposed to be doing. But uh, we're so glad that uh, Dr. Rock Collins is with us. And I'm going to go ahead and, and introduce him uh, because after our uh, second set, uh, when it's time for him to preach, he's going to come up and preach. And so Dr. Rock uh, Collins has been our uh, evangelism director for the state of Tennessee. It will be this, uh, this January, it'll be two years doing an awesome job preaching all over the state. Uh, and we're glad that he is uh, serving us there at the uh, Tennessee Baptist Convention. And uh, prior to him coming to the convention, uh, he was pastoring uh, there in East Tennessee uh, for 11 years and did a wonderful job up there. And so I know you're going to be blessed by hearing uh, him bring the word not only to, uh, this morning, but he's going to be with us this evening as well. So uh, be sure uh, to give him a, a good a warm welcome. Well, I just want you to know uh, we made it back from Honduras and uh, Roger and I were the two men and we had 12 women with us. And I want you to know we straightened all 12 of them women out. I'm t- <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, uh, November the 4th, in our Sunday evening service, they're going to give a report. uh, But I want you to know this. Our ladies did an awesome, awesome job. They really did. God blessed. We saw God move. We saw uh, people's lives changed, and so we give him all praise. But our ladies, I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm not doing this to puff them up, I'm telling you, it's probably one of the best mission trips I've been on. They did awesome job, and so uh, I'm grateful that we're back uh, to Hillcrest. Also, uh, uh, quick, I, I know, guys, I'm sorry, but uh, we have now our senior adults Remember, they had an event to, to raise money, and all that money went to go purchase Bibles for Honduras. We are now over or right at $1,000, and all that money is going to go raise, uh, get Bibles. Okay? Yes, yes. Praise God. Praise God. Well, uh, I think somebody was supposed to pray. Is somebody supposed to pray that I didn't know? Oh, Okay. You doing okay, bro? Doing good. Okay. Family doing all right? Doing well. Okay. Can't yeah. complain. Brother Aaron is one of our new deacons. And uh, we're going to have ordination service next Sunday night for him and Brother James Garden, our two uh, deacons. And so, Brother Aaron, I'm telling you, he's a man of God. He served this church. His family 
has been such a blessing to us here, and we're just grateful to God that we have uh, families like uh, this man's. And so Aaron's going to come and pray for us, and then we're going to get back to worship. I'm telling you, there's somebody here this morning. There's somebody here this morning that needs to come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's also somebody here that needs to get back to where they were with the Lord Jesus. You drifted away a little bit. This is a revival. And the church needs to be revived. Church, if, if we do not get revived, we're not going to do anything else. When the church gets right with God, everything else flows from that. Amen? So you be praying and let's be honest today. And when we hear the message and when the invitation's given, let's be obedient to what God's told us to do. Brother Aaron, love you, brother. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, want to thank you for the sweet, sweet spirit, Lord, that is uh, upon this church today, God. And uh, we just ask that as the service continues, Lord, that uh, the focus will be on ourselves, Lord, and the things that we need to make right with you, God. Instead of focusing on everybody else's situations and looking at the bad that's in their life, God, that we will we'll look inwardly and see what we need to do to make our walk with you stronger, Lord. Just be with uh, Brother Rock Collins as he brings the message today, God. Just give him the words that he needs to speak to us. And just be with all the uh, various services going on uh, during this service in the children's department, those working to make sure that this uh, congregation can be a little more... Uh, more um, quieter so we can concentrate, God, and for the security team that's out working to make sure that uh, things don't get out of hand, out of hand outside these uh, walls here, Lord. Uh, just uh, watch over us and take care of us and uh, just forgive us where we fail thee. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet you'll have every failure God you'll have every victory Cause you say I'm love when I can't feel a thing. And you say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. And you say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe. I'm a child of the king today. You know, I'm glad he loves us in spite of us, brother. Because I want to tell you, he's been a whole lot more faithful to me than I've been to him. Amen. Thank God for his grace today. Please stand as we sing about him this morning.
first cry until final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever block me from his hand until he returns. I worship you. 
I'm sure glad it was my turn because another song, I was going to have to take a lap. I mean, <laughs> Lord have mercy, how good it is to be in the house of the Lord. Are you glad to be here? Just tell the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. i tell you what, choir, you about convinced me y'all believe that. Amen. Man, it's good to be back at Hillcrest. Thank you so much for the privilege and 
the opportunity to come and share with you today. If you have uh, the Word of God, turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. Travis, thank you for that good time of worship, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, I'd like to begin to read in verse 22. Exodus 15, beginning in verse 22. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, in reverence to the Word of God, stand with me as we read. Exodus 15 and verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went, there, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just want to say thank you for letting me be here today to enjoy this sweet time of worship. God, thank you that I have already felt your presence moving in this place. And God, since you're here, I would that you'd just go ahead and preach to us today. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd just dismiss me. Just sit me to the side, Lord, and you preach to us today. For, Lord, you have the words of life that can change us. And, God, I pray you'd preach. And may it be that all the praise and the honor and the glory might be credited to Jesus, for it's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God has done a work in the life of the children of Israel. He has shown many signs and wonders that were great, performed miracles, and brought deliverance. And then they came to bitter waters. In every life, we're going to have some bitter waters. And I don't care who you are, where you're from, or who you think you are. You're going to have some bitter times in your life. We all come to them. I said we all come to them. It happens. We, we, none of us want bitter waters. None of us want bitterness in our life. But I'm telling you, we all deal with so many different areas of life that have the potential to make us bitter. And nothing makes us more bitter than coming to a bitter situation. So when you come to a bitter situation, then you have the opportunity to decide whether to remain bitter or to try to allow it to make you better. And I am fearful that too many times we camp out at bitter waters and we stay there too long. And so today I just came to share with you for a few moments about what to do when you come to bitter waters. What to do when you come to bitter waters. The Bible tells us in verse 22 that Moses has brought them from the Red Sea. They've been in the wilderness of Shur for three days and they're thirsty. And they come to a body of water that is called Mara. The name Mara means bitterness. That's where it gets its name. So they called it Mara because it was bitter. 
So what can we do when we come to bitterness? I would submit to you, first of all, we need to look back over our shoulder and remember the victories that we've had. I said we need to look over our shoulder and remember the victories that we've had. See, the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt. They had been slaves to Pharaoh. They were working at his every behest, and they were building his kingdom all the while praying for God to deliver them. God raised up a man named Moses. Took him 80 years to get him ready. I said, took him 80 years to get him ready. Some, some of us say, well, Lord, I want you to use me, and it's been three months since I asked you. <laughs> Hello? 80 years before God used Moses like he wanted to. And so God said, Moses, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he said, I can't talk. And Moses, that's all right. God said to Moses, that's all right. You got a brother named Aaron. We'll send him. And say, so anyway, you know the story. They went back to Pharaoh and, and Moses said, let my people go. He said, whose people are you talking about? Who is this you're representing? And he said, I am that I am. Listen, I am has sent me. I'm glad he still is. I am. And tomorrow, if we make it, he still will be. I am. Mm, that's good, Rock. Go ahead. Hey, he said, I am has sent me. And let them go. And so you know the plagues came on Pharaoh. And every time he'd say, let them go. And then he'd say, no. Well, finally he said, let them go. Get them out of here. Take everything they got. I don't want to see anything of them. And the Bible said the children of Israel get down to the edge of the Red Sea. God does a miracle. And he parts the waters. And there was a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left and dry ground in the middle. Now, I just... I want to tell y'all that I've been to seminary, one of your Southern Baptist seminaries down in New Orleans, and I just came to interpret that for you today because I just hate for folks to be misled. And what that really means is there was a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left and dry ground in the middle. And anybody tell you different, they're wrong. Because that's what the Word of God said, amen? It was a miracle. Now, I can just see some good Baptist brother over there saying, Moses, we better have a building grounds committee meeting and check these walls out before we start down in there. I just want to know if that's up to code. It's just my spiritual imagination. I imagine somebody asked for a meeting. Let's look at this wall. But you know what the Bible said in Hebrews? The Bible said by faith they stepped down into the... By faith. See, we always shouting about wall on right, wall on left, dry ground in the middle. But listen, it took some faith to step down in there. And the Bible said by faith they stepped in and walked through on dry ground. Well, you know what happened, don't you? They got the other side. Here comes Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh said, if they can do it, we can do it. And they head down in there. But see, he was a little too late and he was wrong because the children of Israel just got out on the other side and God said, walls are gone. And he pulled back his hand and the walls of water came and destroyed Pharaoh and his army. Pharaoh's army is rolling up on the shore. They're dead. And the Bible said in chapter 15, the children of Israel began to shout victory and sing songs of praise. The Lord hath destroyed the horse and his rider. The Lord has destroyed our enemy. With a mighty right hand, he has conquered her. And they're shouting. And then here comes Miriam, very unbaptistic. She grabs a timbrel. Y'all have a timbrel around here? What kind of Baptist church is this? We don't have a timbrel. 
You know what a timbrel is, don't you? It's a tambourine. And the Bible says she started with that timbrel and she started <coughs> dancing. dancing. <laughs> That's what the book says. I'm just reading it. Started <coughs> dancing. I know, I know. We're Baptists. We don't believe a dancing foot and a praying and they can be on the same leg. But anyway, that's what she did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been a Baptist all my life for nine months before. That's all I know, okay? But anyway, so she started dancing. The Bible said all the women went out after her and they're just praising the Lord and shouting. Hey, can you remember when the Lord came through for you? I, I said, can you remember when the Lord came through for you? Hey, hey, you know what, as I stand here and think about it this morning, I, for the life of me, I can't think of a time he didn't. Is anybody here this morning? Hey, when we come to bitter times in our life and we all come to, you need to look back and remember he's always come through. He's never been late. He's never provided halfway, but you're here because he has sustained you today. Listen, you and I, neither one deserved to be here. We ought to be in a devil's hell, but he saved us and he brought us through. And if he didn't bless me anymore, he's already blessed me enough. Children of Israel have come to bitter waters, but they have been blessed beyond measure. Look what God has done. He's delivered them. Hadn't he delivered you? He provided for him, hadn't he provided for you? How often we forget that he's always come through. I, I just get tickled. I know we're about to have an election in a few days. And, and it's funny because I saw this morning on the news that these witches were praying curses on particular folks. I'll leave it right there. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, when I heard that on the news, they, were, they actually had them praying. And I use the term extremely loosely. But when I heard them saying these curses, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God rose up in me and I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I was upset about that. Who do they think that? But listen, we live in a day where people get all tore up because we're about to have it. Oh, Lord, we got to have it. Oh, my Lord, have more. We, got to have, we got to vote for the right. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't rise and fall off of the election in the United States of America. My God's bigger than the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And the Supreme Court. Is anybody here? I, hey, just for the record, I'm glad he doesn't ride the back of a donkey or an elephant. Are you here this morning? Mm, go ahead, Rock. How did we get off on that? My point is, God has always come through. And we depend and we get all tore up about the least little things that they don't make a difference in the scope of eternity. So when you come to bitter times in your life, I just want to remind you, look back and see what the Lord has done. Y'all know that song, well, look what the Lord has done. If I could sing, I'd just tear that up right now. But anyway, <laughs> amen, we need to remember what he's done. But let me show you something else. The Bible said, so when they came here tomorrow, uh, where the waters were bitter and they couldn't drink, the people murmured against Moses. When you come to bitter waters, you ought to look back and see what he's done. Here, when they come tomorrow, they murmured against the man of God. Could, could, could I just stop for a minute? I'd I, I get so frustrated with the children of Israel. 
God just brought them out of bondage. He just delivered them with a mighty move of his hand by bringing these plagues on Egypt. Then he parted the waters of the Red Sea and let them walk through on dry ground. Then he destroyed their enemy and it's been three days. It's been three days since God did such a work and the waters are bitter and so they start complaining. Can I just stop for a moment and say something? I'm so glad we're not like them. Aren't you? I mean, good night. God's been so good to us when we look back over our shoulder, we would never, no matter what comes, we'd never complain. I mean, he saved your soul from hell and you got a bill due you worried about. He saved your soul from hell, has sustained your life, and your neighbor mowed one lawnmower width over on your part of the property and you're upset about it and can't sleep. Are you kidding me? Oh, I get frustrated with children of Israel, but it's not because of what they did. It's because they look like me. How often we just decide to sit down and complain when we come to bitter waters. And you know who we complain to first? The preacher. Amen. Y'all don't have a pastor right now, so this will be real appropriate. When I would go to pastor a church, I would normally start the first Sunday and remind my people that I'm not a trash can. Don't bring me their trash. Preacher, I don't lie. It was too cool in here. It's never been too cool in here for me. I don't like that you got your hair cut that way. It's not on your head. I don't care. I don't think you should be that loud. Don't care. Isn't it amazing what we complain about? Listen, I could write a book on the things I've heard people complain about. I've been chewed up and spit out over stuff that absolutely had no eternal significance and didn't really have any present difference. But how many times we get mad and complain over the least little, non-essential, irrelevant issues? And some of you have become bitter and complainers because you came to bitter waters and it didn't work out like you wanted it to, so you've just sat down on your bitterness and you have remained that way and you wonder why nobody wants to be around you. Every church I've pastored, I had bitter people in my church. After a while, I just, I see them, I go the other way. You think I'm kidding. I don't need to hear that. My life's short enough. I don't need to hear that. I know you upset about something. Some folks I learned, you just say hello. You don't ever say, how you doing? <laughs> so where are you today? All of us have opportunities to get better. All of us have opportunities to come to places that are difficult, bitter waters in our life. How are you responding to the bitter opportunities in your life? Amen. See, when we come to bitter waters, we don't need to complain. But we need to call. The Bible said, watch this, and Moses cried unto the Lord. So when you come to bitter waters, number one, look back and remember what he's done. But number two, call on the Lord. 
I said, call on the Lord. Quit calling me and say, oh, I just want you to fix this situation. I can't fix your situation. You call your name, fix this. I can't fix it. But God can. See, we call on all the wrong people. We get our confidence invested in all the wrong places, and we need to call on the Lord God Almighty who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can think or imagine. Call on Jesus. I love this. I love this. Moses just called on the Lord. I felt like Moses. Y'all ever felt like Moses? People ever just bring you their problem, and you just get loaded down. You're like, Lord, I don't know what to do with us. You said, Lord, help me. That's what Moses did. He just called on the Lord. Lord, what I do? Don't you love Moses' faith? Don't you love his confidence? Don't you love that he has an assurance that God is able to do more than he can do? Don't you love that he is so trusting in him he didn't come and give God some options? We'd never do that, would Now, Lord, here's my situation. So if you'll just choose A, B, or C. Because the way I got this figured out is it's going to have to do this or this or this. You just miss all the blessing when you do that because, see, sometimes, okay, most of the time, God doesn't do it like we would. <laughs> Verse 25 says, He cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Lord, what am I going to do? All these people out here thirsty and complaining at me. I said, what am I going to do? God said, you see that tree? Now watch this. Moses, go get that tree. Now, this is kind of funny. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> tree. I mean, can you imagine? Come on now, be Moses for just a minute. He said, go get a tree. God showed him a tree. He went and took the tree. That's what the Bible said. He's praying about bitter water, and God said, go get a tree. Really? Here I am, Lord. Me and my tree. And the Lord said, throw it in the water. And he threw it in there. And because of all the biological compounds and the amoebae and That's a bull, isn't it? <laughs> he threw that tree in the water, and the Bible said the water became sweet. It wasn't because of the elements in the bark of the tree and the water combining. It was in the obedience of Moses. Come on now. We ain't man in that, but watch this. Lord, what I do? He said, get that tree. Now, do you, come on now. You know what we'd have said? No, Lord, I'm not talking about a tree. I'm talking about this trouble I'm having. Wouldn't we? And look what God did. He made the water sweet with a tree. You know why? Because Moses was obedient to do what God told him to do. It's not any wonder that it was a tree that God gave to Moses. Not any wonder at all. Because see, in the midst of bitter waters and the bitter situations we come to, if you go and say, Lord, what do I do? I've got this problem and I'm frustrated and I've got all this bitter water around me. And you know what he'll do? He'll take you to a tree in the shape of a cross. Because there's bitterness in our world. 
But if you'll take the cross and put in the middle of the world, you'll find sweetness can overcome the bitterness. Hey, there's bitterness in our nation. But if you'll take the tree in the shape of a cross and put in the center of our nation, bitterness can come. I'm um, sweetness can come from the bitterness. Hey, hey, listen, there's bitterness in our homes. But if you'll take a tree in the shape of a cross and put in the center of our bitter homes, he can make it sweet again. Listen to this. There's some bitter hearts here today. And you're bitter because of the things that have happened to you and the situations you've faced and your lost condition, perhaps, that you know you're lost without him and you're just wandering around out here what to do. Listen, I want you to know there's a tree in the shape of a cross that can make your whole life turn around and can take the bitterness in your life and make it sweet. And that tree in the shape of a cross is the tree where Jesus died. He stretched out his arms and nails, pierced his hands and feet. A spear pierced his side, a crown of thorns pierced his brow. And there on the brink of Calvary there, hanging on that cross, naked and humiliated between heaven and earth, he shed his life's blood for your forgiveness and mine. And only his blood can make your bitter situation sweet. Well, preacher, I want some of that. Well, if you're lost without Jesus, the Bible said, you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Do you you follow me yet? That's obedience. I said, that's obedience. See, when we have, as followers of Christ, bitter situations in our life, if we'll apply the cross to it. Let, Let me see if I can bring that right down to where we live in. How would Jesus work in the midst of this situation? Well, okay, I want to know how he'd work, but more than that, God, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to let you work. And whatever you say, that's what we'll do. Matter of fact, isn't that what Mary told the folks at the wedding of Cana? You remember the wedding of Cana? Jesus had come out there to the wedding, and they ran out of wine to drink, and they said, what are we going to do? And Mary, the mother of Jesus, not Nike, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, whatever he says, just do it. Okay, she didn't say just. She just said do it. See, in the midst of bitter situations, if we'll be obedient to what God says, we'll find sweetness even in the midst of bitterness. Can can I tell you that I've had some bitter situations in my life? I've had some bitter situations. But I have found some of the sweetest water. I've found some of the sweetest fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the midst of my bitter waters than I ever did when my waters were sweet. I'm telling you, you can't appreciate the still sweet water till you've found sweet water in the middle of bitter water. Mm. Mm. Somebody ought to write that down. That's good right there. So what do you do when you come to bitter waters? First, you look back and remember what the Lord has done. He's always come through. And secondly, you call on the Lord and say, Lord, what must I do? What would you have me do? And you be obedient to whatever he said. But I will guarantee you now included in what he tells you to do will be to keep Jesus in the middle of it. Most of us find, most <laughs> we find real bitterness at last when we get outside from where we ought to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we let our bitterness carry us outside of that fellowship. My Lord, help us. 
What a call on the Lord. Hey, have you ever, have you ever been in the situation where you were so burdened and so heavy hearted that you just went and fell on your face before God and you just said, Lord Jesus, help me. Jesus, Jesus. There's been times I went to pray and that's all I could get out was Jesus. Have you ever had that happen? You ever had it so, so heavy on you, you couldn't even tell him what your problem was? All you could do was say, Jesus, <laughs> I'm glad that the Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings that cannot be uttered. I'm glad that Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, ever liveth to intercede for the saints. I'm telling you what, when I call on Jesus, he understands. Mm, call on the Lord. I said, call on the Lord. What to do when you come to bitter waters? First of all, look back and remember what he's done, that he's always come through. Secondly, call on the Lord and be obedient to whatever he says to do. And then thirdly, the Bible says, verse 27, and they came to Elam where were 12 wells of water and threescore and 10 palm trees and they encamped there by the waters. Uh, see, they were at Mara where the waters were bitter. God did a miracle by throwing the tree in the water and it became sweet. But the Bible then says, just two verses later, they come to Elam. And Elam is like an oasis in the middle of the desert. It's out there in the, the wilderness of Shur, if you will. And the Bible tells us there were 12 wells of water. 12 wells. 12, surely there's some symbolism in that number. 12, 12. Oh, yeah, there were 12 tribes of Israel. Every one of them had their own well. Huh. Three score and 10 palm trees. That's 70 palm trees. Give them a little shade to drink from their well with. Good night. If we didn't know better, we'd think somebody planned that. We'd think somebody had set that up beforehand. Wonder why they were on that journey. Why did they take that path to the promised land? I just came to remind you when you come to bitter waters, look back and remember. Call on the Lord and be obedient. And finally, keep pressing on because his provision is always sufficient. I said his provision is always sufficient. Hey, hey. Look at it. We're going to sit over here at Mara and complain. And just down the road, just around the, the bend in the road, God's got us all a well and palm trees down there. He's already. <laughs> Elam didn't begin to exist when they came to Mara. It was already there. If he took care of all that back there, can't he take care of all that up there? If he's been faithful yesterday, won't he be faithful tomorrow? Why, the Bible said he the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he doesn't change. And he, I said, he is faithful. The Word of God says if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Hadn't he always come through? Then why, pray tell, would I ever think that he wouldn't keep coming through? But, but if you believe that, then why are you complaining? If you believe that, why'd you stop over here at Bitter Waters and just have a little pity party? Why are you looking for somebody to blame? That's what the children of Israel did to Moses. They came to the edge of the Red Sea and they said, Hey, Moses, 
Weren't the graves good enough in Egypt? You brought us out here to bury us with a seaside view. And you know what God did? Open the waters. They come tomorrow. Hey, Moses! Man, it just bothers me. They're just so much like us, man. Aren't they? Let me, let me, let me see if I can pull this on together. I, I, I've tried to study Mara and Elam. And, and what I found is that Elam was less than five miles from Mara. This is going to be hard for some of y'all to believe. My wife and I went and rode our bikes the other day, five and a half miles, 47 minutes is what it took me. I'm going to sit down and complain about what 47 minutes later will satisfy? Well, they weren't riding bikes, Rock. Thank you. They were walking. How long do you think it'd take to walk five hours? Let's just, let's just be generous. Okay, let's, be, let's say they're walking one mile an hour. That's pretty slow. If they're walking, uh, help me math, folk. If they're walking one mile an hour and they're going a total of five miles, like how long would that take? Half a day. Okay, it's not even half a day because only five hours or 24 hours, actually. <laughs> a portion of a day. And they're going to sit down and complain because the waters are bitter. And just a portion of the day's walk down the road got everything you need. Hey, hey can I ask you a question? How many of you have just sat down over here at Mara and you decided to stay there? Oh, you know God's come through, but he's not now, and I'm going to sit right here. God's got it provided for. What, 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 he, you don't know what I need, preacher. You're right, I'm not God. But he knows. You, you, can I help you with something? We don't even know exactly what we're going to need down the road. Bible said he knows before we even ask. So what is your need today? I don't know, but I'm telling you his provision is sufficient. <laughs> I don't know what you need, but he is enough. I don't know what's holding you back and keeping you bitter, but he can make you sweet. Just keep going. Because sometimes we want to quit. Sometimes we want to sit down and we want to pout and we want to have a pity party. But I came this morning to tell you, get up off of your seat. Get on your feet. Hit the street. Let's go, man. We got to keep going because God's provision is right around the corner. The best is still ahead. I said the best is still ahead. Why is it we quit so early? Why is it we quit before we experience all he has for us? I know that today we're talking about having a revival, a stirring, a fresh touch from God. And so everybody, everybody I know wants revival, but we have very few who are willing to keep walking until they get it. Now, I've been to a lot of churches who say we're going to have revival. And I saw a lot of them try to work it up, but I found that you can't work revival up. The only way to have a God-sent revival is to pray it down. 
Some of us have grown weary in our prayer life and we give God our mamby-pamby Casper milk toast prayer. Oh, Lord, bless me and my four no more rest world and go to hell. And we want to know why he's not reviving us. We've quit. We sat down and we had a pity party over here at Bitter Waters. Well, you'll never know the victory of Elam if you stay at Mara. <laughs> that's good. You'll never know the provision God has for you if you stay over here where the waters are bitter. You'll get more and more bitter. I don't think this is the word, but I'll use it so you'll remember. Bitterer. Bitterer. <laughs> you'll get more bitter if you stay at Mara. But if you'll press on to Elam, come on now, his provisions. And I just came to tell you, we're not there yet. I said, we're not there. Some of you think you arrived. You hadn't arrived. I, I talked to some of these folks of various belief systems. And I asked one of them, do you want to go to heaven? Well, no, I, I'd just like to be here. <laughs> I won't go to heaven. <laughs> it, here is never going to be good enough. Compared to heaven. Is anybody with me this morning? So some bunch in the belief system says, well, we just won't stay here. You just know that's not the bunch you want to hang with. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't want to be here. I want to be there. Amen. And we're not there yet. And here leaves us a lot of opportunity to be better. But when we get there, it's going to be a whole lot better. And we won't have to worry about being bitter. So don't stop here. Some of us even think that we've come to the place where we can just sit down. But you know, Elam wasn't even the last stop. They were headed to the land of promise. <laughs> God's, provi <laughs> God's provision was sufficient at Elam, but he had more. Hey, he's got more for us. So don't be satisfied back here. Don't just sit here. Let's press on. I know that right now your church is in a time of transition. God's getting your pastor ready. Isn't that exciting? Okay, he's not here yet. Don't sit here and be upset about it. Just keep praying. Keep praising. Keep seeking him. Keep saying, Lord, thy will be done. I want to be in the center of your will. When you bring your man, I'm going to support him like never before, and we're going to charge the gates of hell. Matter of fact, we're not waiting for a preacher. We're going to go ahead and charge the gates of hell now. People are lost. About three of you helping me. So what are we going to do? Every one of us will come to bitterness at some time in their life. We'll have bitter waters we approach, and we're going to have to decide what to do. And I just came to tell you today, look back and remember he's always come through. Don't sit down and complain, but pray and be obedient to what he says. And then finally, keep going. Here's the word I'll give you. It's all right to stop and rest, but don't you quit. I read the story of a missionary he had committed his life to the mission field and he had married a, a lady and they went to foreign soil and they served there as lifelong missionaries. And they had children on the mission field and raised them on the mission field. Their children grew up, moved back to the States and they stayed at the mission field. They worked and worked and as their years began to catch up to them, 
his wife became ill while on the mission field and she died there on foreign soil. His health was not real good and he said, you know, I believe it's time to go home. I'm going to go back to the States. So he went and bought a ticket so that he could get on a boat. And in those days, they, they had huge liners that would come uh, between the continents and he bought a ticket on this boat. And at that same time, the president of the United States, President Roosevelt, had been in that country where he was serving and he was there on a diplomatic meeting and, and the president was on the same boat that the missionary was on. And the missionary said when he got to the, the harbor, there were all kinds of people there, you know, uh, saying so long to the president from another land. And he got on the boat and they got a, across the waters and they came to the port of New York. And when they arrived there, the missionary said, man, there were people as far as I could see. There were bands that were playing because the president had come home. They rolled out the red carpet and the president came off to all this fanfare and there's just all kinds of people there. He said it was some kind of a scene to see. And in just a few hours, the harbor had, well, everybody had left and it got quiet. And the missionary said he was standing there in the middle of this port and there was nobody but him. And he found a little motel and went and got a room for the night. And he said he went in and it was just a very modest little room with a small bed. And he got down on his knees beside that bed. And he said, I began to weep. And I began to talk to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I gave my life for you. I went to a foreign land to tell others about you. I raised my family there. My wife died there. I've given you all of my life and here I come home and there wasn't even anybody here to meet me. And he said, I just wept. And he said, in a minute, it felt like somebody put their hand on my shoulder. And he said, they spoke to me and said, you're not home yet. We're not home yet. And if you think that all the celebration and the accolades are going to come on this side, you're wrong. Because, listen, this old lost world's never going to be thankful for a bunch of Christ followers. Because this world is lost without Jesus and they need to hear about Jesus. But listen, there's a homecoming that's coming. <laughs> I said there's a homecoming coming. When we arrive at home, all of our provisions will be forever met. Everything we ever needed will be satisfied. The longing of our heart will be complete and we will be in the presence of King Jesus and everything we've done for him, it will be worth it all. And I want to get there. I want to see him and I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear him say, why'd you sit down over there where the waters were bitter and just live? What about you? Is he going to say to you, why did you waste so many years sitting over there being bitter when I had something better? Did you not remember that I'd always come through? Did you ever think about calling on me in the midst of bitterness? Did you ever think about just pressing on? So what's it going to be?
Somebody sits here today lost without Jesus, and if you die without Jesus, you'll die and go to hell and be eternally separated from God. But God sent Jesus to die on a tree in the shape of a cross that your sins could be forgiven. He poured out his wrath on Jesus on the cross for your sin and mine, and Jesus paid our sin debt three days later, rose from the dead victorious. And the Bible said if you believe that in your heart and confess him with your mouth, you will be saved. If you're lost without Jesus, would you come? Listen to me. If you're lost without Jesus, I would love to meet you here and introduce you to Jesus. There's going to be other ministers here in a few minutes. Just come take one of us by the hand and say, I want Jesus in my heart. We understand what that means. And we'll open scripture and simply show you in Romans where it says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Would you come to Jesus? Would you come to Jesus? Somebody sits here today and you say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I'm at a spot in my life where I, well, it's bitter waters. You're at a crossroads. You you don't know what to do. Let, Let me tell you what to do. Number one, call on the Lord. Let him remind you of what he's already done. Call on him and say, Lord, whatever you say, I'll do. And then secondly, get up and do it. I said, listen, if God would have said, Moses, there's a tree. And Moses said, I ain't getting no tree, Lord. Have you lost your mind? They'd have never had sweet waters at Mara. And some of you don't know the sweetness he could bring out of your bitter water experience because you won't call on him and be obedient to what he says. Some of you are trying to get away from the bitter waters. Hey, come on. Let's just go through them. Because he has a way of making a way where there is no way. And if that's you today, you're at bitter waters and whatever your circumstance, you just need some help. To, won't you come and get on your knees before a mighty God and say, Lord, here am I. Here's my situation and I just don't know what to do. Would you just, hey, he's already provided. He's already got more than enough for your situation. He's just waiting for you to get in on it. Would you just call on him today? Some of you are at these bitter waters and it's making you bitter. And you need to just come and say, God, forgive me for allowing bitterness to overwhelm my mind and my heart. I don't want to be a bitter person. I want to be a sweet person. We're never going to win this this world to Jesus if we all the time walking around complaining about our bitter situation. But lost people are drawn to the sweet savor of Jesus. Maybe the Lord saved you and you never followed him in baptism. You ought to come make that commitment today. Maybe you need to join this church. You ought to come join this church. If I lived in Lebanon, I'd join this church. Would you come? I don't know what the Lord might have said to you today, but whatever he said, do it. And don't stay bitter. Father, I give you thanks. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. And God, I pray that you'd take this invitation and divide it unto yourself. Lord, I pray that every heart will be touched. God, I pray for those man, woman, young person who sits here today lost without you. They know if they die, they'll go to hell. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll draw them to yourself this morning and you'll save their soul. 
God, for those who sit here in bitter waters, oh God, I pray for victory in their life. God, this is your invitation. May you divide it unto yourself and may you get all the glory in Jesus' sweet name I ask. Amen. Very quietly and reverently.